As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome to Bad With Money. I'm your host, Gabby Dunn. This is a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. Welcome to another Breakdowns and Takedowns episode. I'm so excited for this one. This time we are breaking down and taking down the idea of Batman and Bruce Wayne as a billionaire. I am so excited to be joined by Andrew T, who has been on the show before. I wanted to do this episode for a while, but it now comes on the heels of the cancellation of Warner Brothers' Batgirl movie, which has sparked a lot of discourse online, uh, especially about the axing of a woman of color Batgirl, the ways in which the film was going to portray a lot of minorities in different ways that people were really excited for. So instead, what we have is white guy Batman, as always, and Andrew, who is an activist and host of the podcast Yo's This Racist and who does a lot of work with the unhoused population. We are going to talk about the portrayals of the quote-unquote criminal element of Gotham and the problems on the ground in Gotham City versus the billionaires, cops, and otherwise rich elite DAs and mayors, etc. of Gotham and the huge class divide and how the Batman helps none of it. For this episode, we both watched 2022's The Batman with Robert Pattinson, and then I watched a lot, a lot of Batman media over the course of 48 hours. So this episode, I'm kind of on some sort of Batman rant. <laughs> so please enjoy our takedown and breakdown of Batman slash Bruce Wayne, fictional billionaire. Okay, so before we begin, uh, Andrew, can you tell my audience who you are and what you do? Hi, uh, my name is Andrew T, formerly of Coworkers with Gabby like 15 years ago, but <laughs> presently, uh, I guess I'm a TV writer on hiatus. Oh, come on. You're a TV writer. I'm a TV writer. And podcaster. Oh, yes, of course. I'm currently, I still podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast called Yo, Is This Racist? I guess that is what I'm doing now because we are we are doing, doing live shows, a couple more going ah. around the country, and it's been fun. So that, that's what I'm doing. I'm a touring podcaster. Okay, so we're going to talk about Batman. And I think my fans 
like episodes where I've completely lost my mind yes. by consuming media. So Stared into I, the dark abyss of, <laughs> of Gotham City and you've come I back was, changed. Oh, you think <laughs> you think the darkness is your ally. <laughs> I was born in it, molded by it. Um, yeah, so I asked you to watch The Batman, which yeah. is the latest one yeah. with Robert Pattinson. And then because I'm an overachiever, <laughs> I said, I'm going to watch one Batman film from each person who has played Batman. Oh, whoa. And I did that in 48 hours. And then I wrote down my thoughts on how Batman is portrayed as a billionaire in each of these eras. Oh, and, that's smart. And then I lost my mind. Yeah. Because these movies are so capitalist, <laughs> so, dare I say, Republican. Yeah. Like, the idea of Batman as a, as a billionaire, yeah. it, it doesn't hold up now in the way that it once did. Yeah. So before before we get into it, I'm going to give a little research, which is that Batman in 1939, when Batman um, came out, I think, or when he first became popular, he was just stated to be rich in that he was the heir of the Wayne family fortune. He, he had inherited money. Right. Then over time, he became a millionaire. Uh-huh. And, that's be- and that's because a billionaire was not a concept. So the fact that he was a millionaire was seen as completely wild. Yeah, because when he first created it, it would have been like, yo, you have a hundred grand. The world is right. yours. Exactly. I mean, there were maybe only a handful of billionaires that existed at, at most at that time. And so there, I was reading something by comics critic Steve Morris, who was talking about how like being a millionaire was so impressive to the average comic book reader. And then now, more recently, I, I looked into uh, a Batman series that was called, I think, Injustice. I'm not a Batman expert. I just became one in the last mm-hmm. week. And he calls himself a trillionaire now in some comics. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was, yeah. That seems ex- extremely necessary. Okay, yes. So here's the thing. And people were saying that he kind of has to be a trillionaire based on the ways in which he's moving through the world in the comics. Like, he funded a space station. Like, all these kinds of things are happening. And so um, that was an article from Screen Rant, which I'll post below. And then according to News Nation, uh, they wrote, in real life, Bruce Wayne would rank around 236 on Forbes' <laughs> real-time billionaires list, which is updated daily to reflect gains and losses. Wayne is estimated to have a net worth of around $9.2 billion. Wayne Enterprises, meanwhile, is estimated to be worth $31.3 billion. So then I read this article by J.M. Mutori, who uh, wrote for AV Club about the Batman, which is Matt Reeves' portrayal that came out recently with Robert Pattinson. And I wanted to read uh, what he said, which is, In nearly every canonical depiction, Bruce Wayne is the heir of the Wayne family's multi-billion dollar corporation, its holding companies, and the Wayne's chunks of prime Gotham City real estate. All of Batman's gadgets come from the seemingly endless resources at Bruce Wayne's disposal, and all of his skills are the result of Wayne's endless free time. The DC universe is full of heroes who can fly, deadlift tanks, and break the sound barrier with nothing but their bodies, yet Batman remains the most popular DC hero by far because he has the superpower that every person seems to want. wealth combined with zero obligations. This film, Batman, never asks how the Waynes acquired and maintained so much money while the city of Gotham stayed so poor. So what do you think about that, Andrew? The the fundamental problem with Batman is that like 
using vast society the the vast society changing amounts of wealth that it requires to have the solution to crime be a single man beats up other single people <laughs> <laughs> like like it it is like almost the exact illustration of the difference between the systemic and the individual a hundred percent it's like a perfect distillation like you give a hundred uh i i rewatched part of the batman before i fell asleep yesterday and my phone <gasps> my phone fell on my face and um there there's a, a little ringing review there's a little bit on the beginning in the beginning where uh pattinson's like um i've been doing this for two years and somehow everything is worse and it's at no point does he think maybe what this whole thing is the worst way to use my money <laughs> i don't know i guess i could yes. read one book on the topic <laughs> <laughs> so this is also from uh Comics critic Steve Morris, amongst Batman's wider enemies are therapists, teachers, postal workers, and ventriloquists. If you support the arts, you're probably funding an origin story. Yeah. If you support public services, origin story. There's no industry which won't pivot into a villain production line. Two, yeah, two, two different clownish folks. He, he right. routinely beats up. And okay. I, I personally, I'm not a fan of clowns, but I've never... <laughs> It would never be, touch one in the, such a manner. <laughs> violently. Okay, violently. Andrew T. has never beaten up a clown. That I know of. So here's what I did. I watched, because I like to drive myself nuts in these episodes, I watched 1992's Batman Returns, which is Michael Keaton's Batman. Mm -hmm. Then I watched 1995's Batman Forever, which is Val Kilmer's Batman. <laughs> Then I watched 1997's Batman and Robin, which is George Clooney. Then I watched 2012's The Dark Knight Rises with Christian Bale. And then I watched 2017's Justice League with Ben Affleck. Oh, God. I so this is what And I watched Matt Reeves' 2022 The Batman with Robert Pattinson. You're like, you're like in a <laughs> accidental camp parabola. It feels like, like the middle ones know what they are. And the ones at either side think, this is real. This is real. This is real. Yeah. It's so juvenile is the thing. Also, they always call his dad billionaire and philanthropist. Philanthropist. Th Thomas Wayne. Celebrated billionaire and philanthropist Th Thomas Wayne. Which is just like the tiny band-aid they put on that. It's like, no, no, no. But he gives it away. Some of yes. it. Yes. So some through lines. The idea that Thomas Wayne is a big time philanthropist, that he donates to orphanages, almost everything in the city, in the Batman itself, he creates like a billion dollar renewal fund for the city. <laughs> in each iteration, almost every iteration, it's that uh, the father is a billionaire and a philanthropist and that Bruce himself is a billionaire and a philanthropist until he has his own personal traumas and then completely forgets about anyone that he's supposed to be helping. <laughs> so, you know, another through line that I want to say is that anytime Catwoman appears, she has almost the same. I could almost interchange her lines. Her thing is she's poor. She robs people. And then she's got a kind of like leftist socialist. Mm -hmm. like idea of you know we should knock off some hedge fund types we should rob the sanctimonious robber barons and like that kind of thing um and she doesn't realize that bruce wayne is 
Batman for a little bit. And a lot of these these um, villains believe that Batman is someone who would be against the corruption in the in the politics and the police force of Gotham City, when in actuality, what they're misunderstanding is that he is <laughs> a billionaire secretly, yeah. and he is also working with the cops and he is also like intensely part of this sort of fake we're injecting money into the city in order to look like good people philanthropy kind of thing that you can see on the ground through Catwoman through um, at certain points the Riddler in different places uh, is not working it's not actually making life better for the people of Gotham (laughs) (laughs) Um, it also fits very much in your line with your thesis about this being uh, a Republican movie that it's also okay to like fuck hot leftists as long as you think they're hot but still beat yes. up everyone else <laughs> and for some reason the hot leftist will make out with you yeah like, she, she ultimately sees your soul that you're a good person despite that you're a good person the evidence against you <laughs> um i do also want to point out that oftentimes the villains are people who work for bruce wayne who just want Bruce Wayne to acknowledge their work. They have some history with Bruce Wayne, separate yeah. from Batman, where they they wanted Bruce Wayne's attention. They wanted Bruce Wayne to realize that something was going on in the city that was um, hard. You know, the, the orphanage for the Riddler was not was not actually helping him. For Catwoman, you know, it's that the there's all this sort of underground terrible stuff going on. Kidnappings, murders of women, that kind of thing. For the Riddler in Batman Forever, he works for Batman and I mean he works for Bruce Wayne and he desperately wants Bruce Wayne to give his division more money and he visits the factory Bruce Wayne but he doesn't care about the people working at the factory like that's made pretty clear by the way he treats the Riddler before he's the Riddler there's these little moments too where like he talks about in uh, Batman Forever which is 1995 with Val Kilmer he talks about how one of the workers commits suicide and his secretary says suicide isn't covered give him full give his family full benefits and then she again pushes back and says suicide isn't actually covered in our plan and he says doesn't matter give this guy's family full benefits so there's these little things as you said kind of peppered in in all of these movies to show no 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 but he's a good guy no 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 but he's a good guy and again this is going to come through a lot when we go through the batman the villains are correct yeah and this is the problem this is the problem with batman is that the villains are right and a lot of these movies start with can you tell i've gone nuts a lot of these (laughs) movies start with robbery so they start with mr freeze in 1997's batman and robin He's stealing jewels. He just Mm -hmm. wants diamonds. He needs money to complete research to find a cure for his sick wife. Poison Ivy. She worked for for Bruce Wayne. She wanted his attention. He cut off her funding. She's just an environmentalist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Situations where the villain is just somebody who wants money or who wants to rob places that like who cares if you rob them? Like Mm -hmm. the bank has insurance. Like who gives a shit? Nobody's actually getting hurt. And then at a certain point in the third act, the film needs to make you side with Batman and it needs to eliminate any goodwill that the villains are are gaining by robbing rich people by all of a sudden taking a hard left into now they're murdering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now they're murdering, now they're murdering children. I swear to God in every single film this is what happens. You're kind of like these guys are right and then they go, "Oh, but now they're murdering." Yeah. 
It's it's like the inverse of that uh, screenwriting book that people love, Save the Cat. It's just <laughs> Save like the cat. It, to make like a modern superhero villain, they just have to be correct. And it's just in the turn, in the middle of Act Two, they murder a child. It literally should just be called Murder a Toddler. Yeah, <laughs> Save, like Save the that's Cat, Murder a Toddler. 100%. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because when I'm looking to work with someone, I really need to be able to get someone fast. My job works very fast. Podcasts work very fast. And I've actually been looking for an assistant and I don't need to waste time sorting through matches without getting the highest quality person, right? When I'm looking to hire someone, whether that's a grant writer or a musician or something like that, it's very overwhelming because you get a lot of messages, but you're not able to like parse through yourself which ones are actually worth looking at. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? First, the bad news. Mint is shutting down. Now, good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. That's right. I use Mint and now I'm using Monarch Money. It is very stressful, confusing, and time-consuming to manage my finances. I've tried other finance apps. They don't really work. Like, you know, I was very committed to Mint, and then I was uh, deeply sad when Mint went away. But now, I have tried Monarch. It's so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I mean, I really value a company that is proactively looking at how to make finances easier. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Can you imagine being able to have a budget app with your partner? That is wild. You can see all your finances, you can collaborate on your budget, you can get insights on your cash flow and reoccurring transactions. It's a very easy way to manage a household's finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budget app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications and more. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these numbers. 37,025-1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. If you have all the information about your business in one place, you can make way better decisions. And this is an unprecedented offer, meaning this is totally worth your time. As someone who runs a business, having all of this together in order to close my books, that would be invaluable. It's a time saver. It's literally the biggest time saver. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. That's netsuite.com slash badwithmoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Basically, like, the city has a lot of crime. There, the It opens with sort of, like, people robbing a bodega, people smashing and burning a bank window, like, gang initiations, whatever. To me, I'm like, yeah, and? All superhero movies are like, you know, live in a fantasy world that ultimately ends in military industrial complex um, Absolutely. Stuff. But this one is like, it also is more basically Fox News. It's just like, you yeah. can you can write one of these movies by just going through like a, a, a fucking year of like Tucker Carlson um, opening monologues. And those are the threats. Like literally. Yeah. Everyone is a person of color mostly in these situations. And then there's a mayoral race between a black woman who is a progressive and the incumbent mayor who I think is not progressive. And the Riddler shows up Zodiac Killer BTK style and straight up murders the mayor. And we're supposed to be sad about it because the mayor has a child, you see. Essentially, that's what they have to do is like they have to make it like the methods gruesome and sadistic and whatever because the message is so correct. And and as Mm -hmm. these films have gotten more gritty, but Bane is like so straight up correct. There, there's a part where like you could tell this movie is like completely like cuckoo pants fiction because at one point like Batman's friend is like I know there's a bunch of corrupt cops but here are all the uncorrupt cops the fact that it's not a hallway with just one dude that's like oh I thought this was a different meeting um and leaves <laughs> is fucking ridiculous like there the evidence the real life evidence is that there is not one, you know, on the rare occasions that a single cop is is willing to speak out about corruption, they get shot 
by fellow mm-hmm. cops or they are drummed mm-hmm. out of being a cop immediately. So like it's a fantasy land. 100%. So then they sort of talk about the Gotham Project. They talk about they use billionaire philanthropist, which comes up a lot. And I don't mm-hmm. want to absolve Marvel because she, I, we might have to do a takedown episode of this, too. But one of my favorite Marvel characters is Iron Man, which I know <laughs> is is problematic. Yeah. But he describes himself as a billionaire philanthropist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much wrong with Iron Man and I'm a hypocrite, but we'll get into that maybe in another episode. Well, but here's the thing is he's <laughs> at least like fun and funny. Like if Elon Musk actually had like a sense of humor, he would be. Bruce Wayne is what like real Wall Street billionaires are like which is just like american psycho style like batman is yeah just american psycho like he's an american psycho you know there's these like memes right and it's like there are so many billionaires in the world and not one of them has decided to become batman or it'll be like if as soon as i get a bunch of money i'm becoming batman but even billionaires that think of themselves as good people like say and more or less bill gates bill a bill gates type right even they know it is just wildly inefficient to strap on mm-hmm. a pair of gloves and beat people up <laughs> like it, it even <laughs> like even if those are your aims it's not it's just like not worth it for your goals like batman is the least efficient use of resources humanly possible and this does extend to the feature films <laughs> So Alfred comes in. He says they need to go over the accounting at Wayne Enterprises. Um, it's very serious. He's using all their resources. Bruce Wayne gets to go. I don't care about that. Yeah. Which, <laughs> furious. Uh, absolutely furious. Another a thing that comes up in the Christian Bale films is that he's also gone reclusive in mm-hmm. The Dark Knight Rises. And he realizes that because he wasn't making any profits from Wayne Enterprises, a lot of their charity work was actually shut down years ago. And he doesn't even know that or care to know that until John Blake, I think, who's like a Robin type character, who's a quote unquote good cop, which comes up again, shows up and is like, the orphanage is is not running with the same proficiency because your money stopped coming in. And mm-hmm. then at that point, Bruce suddenly wakes up and is like, hey, what's going on with our charity stuff that we're supposed to be doing and Alfred this is in Dark Knight Rises and Alfred's like oh yeah we like had to stop giving because you know you went decided to become a recluse because your girlfriend died and so yeah. now all these children suffered or whatever and that's what's happened here too he just like got sad got big sad about something <laughs> and then stopped caring about his billions of dollars and what it could be doing for the world and in uh, Dark Knight Rises he's just gone recluse and in this one he's just hardened himself to fighting people on the street he, he went emo with his money. Alfred might as well be saying, oh, I thought you liked beating up like desperate people. And so we assumed you wanted to create more of them. Like, it's just like, yeah! such a, oh my God, I haven't even thought of that. It's such a weird through line that Alfred is an adult. At no point does he just say like, again, hey, Master Wayne, Master Wayne, I read one book Maybe this is not the best way to do this. In multiple uh, <laughs> movies, he's against but, being Batman. But but not out of an efficiency sake, out of a personal risk right. sake. And, and the mm-hmm. other thing that this does is like, it just so highlights why like philanthropy is the absolute way, worst way to like try to fix society. Because it's like, mm-hmm. guess what? Hashtag 
tax Bruce Wayne and you have shit running. Infrastructure of a city depends on a man, a single man (laughs) not becoming sad. Like, even if he's a good man, you are still fucked as a society. Because guess what? Everyone gets sad eventually. Yeah. Once again, we get a similar portrayal of Catwoman as being poor and kind of queer. Anne Hathaway's character has like a little a little side girl that lives with her. Um, Zoe Kravitz uh, also has like a quote unquote girlfriend, though they never commit to that. There's a, a scene where her electricity bill is overdue in Michelle Pfeiffer also has a shit apartment. The city is super poor. Okay, so then this scene, he ends up going to the funeral for for one of the cop guys that gets killed by the Riddler. And he goes and there's all these protesters. And the protesters are saying that, you know, rich scum suckers, that there's this huge class divide. And basically, like, Bruce Wayne is with the rich people walking in. And there's all these protesters and people who are like, would be me and you, Andrew. Like, that's who we would be in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, because they're pushing it into, quote, realism, it gets closer to being like, who's me? Who's you? Like, like everyone right. is in this movie in some way. You know, I'm like a protester, like, with the Riddler rising, I guess. Like, No, you me know, too. The, the Riddler, not strictly wrong on anything. <laughs> right. And you know what's interesting is that, okay, so for the other Batman films, they don't murder right away. And if they do, it's uh, it's in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't murder right away. With this one, we start out with the Riddler doing murders. Now, mm-hmm. here's the problem is that my politics and a lot of people's politics have come to the place where we're kind of like, yeah, which right. is, I know not the best. Like, okay, so with Bane, right, which is so fascinating to me. So Bane um, in The Dark Knight Rises cuts the city off from, from everything. And so everyone is isolated. Then Cillian Murphy, who later becomes the Scarecrow, they're holding trials in the middle of the city where they're bringing in all the rich people and all the people that have been part of the corruption and all the people that have um, exploited and made money off the poor. They bring them in for these trials, sentencing hearings. And it's all the people of the city around. Killian Murphy is like saying like exile or death. And then all these people are choosing exile or death. And then it's sort of like exile in a way that you will potentially die, most likely die. That sort of thing is like, on the most strongly left, on the most like strongly radical side of how you and I feel, that we the, the guillotine the rich is like part of it. Yeah. Anyone proposing a solution that involves, hey, maybe rich people are the problem, maybe the concentration of wealth is the problem, are portrayed as like dangerous. Psychos. It's like, okay, this is like the the French Revolution here. Ooh, wasn't Mm -hmm. that terrible? These people, what they believe, the audience might go, I actually do kind of agree with that. And then they have to say, oh, but this is what they actually, it is like a Tucker Carlson monologue. It's like, well, what they actually want is to, is to take all the rich people and drag them out of their houses and shoot them. Like, and they do it to Commissioner Gordon in The Dark Knight Rises too, who again is a cop. And he's like, I don't know why I'm on trial, even if they are uh, real and and worth looking into and are an actual problem. Oh, the next step is uh, yeah. this incredible violence. But yeah. like, don't worry because we do violence to you guys yeah. all the time. It, it basically makes the proposition that the only way to try to address income inequality is 
violent psychopathic revolution and thus we should never try like that's and what, what is it, bruce wayne though but what is bruce wayne so you're telling me that systemically to fix what's going on wrong in this city bruce wayne needs to punch a gangbanger yeah why is that gangbanger like when they're orphans when they're in the orphanage oh we were, we're supposed to care about them these poor kids blah 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 and they're largely kids of color and then as soon as they're the gangbangers on the subway in the batman uh we hate them yeah well also it's like Guess what? There's not as many people who want to join a gang or have nothing to do besides join a gang or need right. to join a gang if, like, society is functioning. And, like, Gotham doesn't crumble just because, you know, people, like, people of color are evil. Cities crumble mm -hmm. because people like Bruce Wayne are not taxed enough to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to build, you know, housing and jobs. And, like, the version of this that sunk in hardest for me is, like, during the uprisings for George Floyd, one, one thing I was trying to do with, was listen to the police scanner. And one thing that will just live with me forever was, it was, like, the violence is instigated by the cops always but this was like you know a particularly low risk of violence one this was like a daytime one and it was just like you know big one media was there it's just like only cops are going to cause this violence and one of the protesters i believe it was a protester i don't remember over the chatter exactly but someone was having like i believe an asthma attack or like some sort of need for medical situation and so emts or someone were going in and the cop chatter was just like the most cowardly but genuinely scared for their lives um, thing I've ever heard. They were like terrified to go into this daytime protest and just essentially, I guess, be surrounded by, by people who believe that maybe cops shouldn't do racist murders all the time. Right. And just like the fear in their voice really did tell me like, oh, there's no bridging this gap. Like these people truly believe that they are in physical deadly peril every time right. they are criticized and so i was just like oh right we are like just eternally fucked institutionally lapd riot police so these are like with with yeah shields weapons, armed with shields. literally like the batman they are literally dressed like the batman right now and yeah. they're like do you think it's safe to go in? Like, how many people do we need to go in? Like, you know, do, should we well, wait for backup? In Texas kind of as shit? well. Yeah. Yes. As you see, like right. The the school shooting in Texas. Yeah. There's that's a literal like army brigade battalion. I don't right. even know how many fucking cops were there, but like, right. It is like that's the amount of people that you should be able to fight a literal war with with weapons mm -hmm. of literal war with, and they like mm -hmm. wouldn't do it. But when I heard it actually happening live, I was just like. Oh, right. These people believe criticism, a suggestion that they literally stopped doing racist murder is tantamount to like a deadly threat to them. Like we're just saying be less racist, less. Yeah, just 10% less. Yeah, even that they won't, they refuse. So this, that's what I'm saying. These movies play on this really real fear that a, a huge percentage of the American population has. And I think we're getting to a point where people are not seeing Batman as aspirational, at least a, a large majority, because it there's more and more written in my research about how it just, he it doesn't work. He doesn't yeah. work. And they tried to give him a little bit of levity, like in um, Justice League, Ben Affleck's uh, Batman. There's, you know, a part where Barry Allen says 
he's the Flash, and he says, "What exactly is your superpower?" And Ben Affleck just goes, "I'm rich." Yeah. Like they they play if they play into it as like a joke. Yeah. It like works, but not really. And I think that's a situation where because we love Ben Affleck so much, <laughs> right, that, right? Like we're extending goodwill to Batman based on the actor who has been chosen to play him. I think. Mm-hmm. And so basically, also there's a whole thing about they kind of try to portray the Riddler as like a, a angry white man mass shooter. He talks about there's this whole thing about drop heads, which again is just kind of putting the the onus of drug abuse on the drug abuser, even though the people that are putting these drugs out are corrupt DAs, corrupt yeah. people who are in with the mob. And then, you know, they uh, Batman is upset at Catwoman because she's just trying to score. She's just trying to make money. Yeah. And then there's this great line where he says, your choices have consequences. Was it worth it compromising yourself for money? Which she <laughs> says, Jesus Christ, choices. You know, whoever the hell you are, you obviously grew up rich. <laughs> um, Catwoman being black also, I think, is a statement that they're making because they have Anne Hathaway sort of making these same comments. They have Michelle Pfeiffer sort of making these same comments. It comes out differently when you have a black uh, Catwoman. There's also this thing where she doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne. And so when it starts coming out that, you know, the Wayne family might have been corrupt and that the renewal fund uh, was actually just a way to launder money. Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman says, if we don't stand up for Annika, who's her friend, who's a sex worker, who I think is murdered. Mm -hmm. If we don't stand up for Annika, no one will. All anyone cares about in this place are these white privileged assholes. The mayor, the commissioner, the DA, who they have all been murdered because they were corrupt. They were murdered by the Riddler. Now Thomas and Bruce Wayne, who the Riddler's going after now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. We all know about that in my life and how hard that's been for me and also my listeners. You guys hear them talking about it on the mailbags. It is hard to manage finances with a partner. Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry. I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now and planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this psycho is right to go after these creeps. Yeah. I think you'd be on his side. <laughs> I think you'd be on his side. That's the other part where you're like, oh, this is utterly fiction. Because I have never once met a rich kid who could resist going like, well, actually, some billionaires are okay. Like, <laughs> you know, they actually do a lot of good work with the philanthropist. You know, and that's how you know that either Robert Pattinson's a special kind of kid or this is fucking (laughs) fake as hell. Um, Yeah, and so she's saying that to him even though she is against Bruce Wayne. But she can see that he's a white guy. Like, (laughs) even this white guy who I assume is like, uh, you know, left, like left me, type leftist, person. Yeah. yeah. Guess what? They are also they're still white guys, and you secretly even, we see they're it. secretly Bruce Wayne. <laughs> we see it now. I mean, there's so many of these leftist organizations that are like, you know, you're mostly okay, but there's too many white people here, and anytime anything gets questioned, the white guy jumps out like significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting too because as as a now Batman scholar. This is a sentiment that is that Catwoman has across the movies. Anytime Catwoman shows up, she says something almost exactly like this. And these movies are directed and written by men. Mm-hmm. And so it's this insidious thing where in the past they've put this opinion, this uh, counterpoint, this sort of uh, uh, woman of the people opinion, poor sex worker, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In the mouth of a white woman, Michelle Pfeiffer, Anne Hathaway. Um, now they've put this same sentiment in in the mouth of a black woman. And I think they think it absolves them of something. I think the quote that you pulled of like privileged white guys right. has to be the closest they get to talking about race in any it's Batman lip service. Movie? Yeah, I have to yeah. imagine. Um, it's, it's relevant. It's lip service. It's we had to put this line in, you know. But it is a sentiment that Catwoman shares like throughout. But then they kind of play her as like naive, even though I think like Batman is the one who's naive. That, that through line is like if you're a person of color, a woman of color, like trying to fix the system you're you don't understand you're naive you don't know what's really happening here whereas batman is the one what he really is is that fucking twilight zone where a seven-year-old was given unlimited power like he's that (laughs) he's just he's stuck in the you know he's the day his parents were murdered murdered, and like so you give that rage-filled white boy trillions of dollars apparently yeah and, and his parents were murdered by the criminal element of the city. Yeah. And he believes that he, because of that, he knows more about this than someone like the Riddler, who is revealed to be an orphan at one of the orphanages that the Waynes um, gave money to, or Catwoman, who is potentially a, a sex worker. In uh, Anne Hathaway's, she's uh, a poor known cat burglar, and her whole thing is that she wants she wants to get out of crime, but she can't get out of crime. And there's this really great line from Anne Hathaway where she says, once you're in the criminal system you can't get out of the criminal system she basically says something like she wants this clean slate technology to wipe her criminal record right solely because she's like i can't go legit she says once you've done what you had to to survive 
That's it. In that era of the internet, especially, if you were, hey, this this misdemeanor level criminal looks like Anne Hathaway hot. <laughs> Guess what? You're having no problems just being an internet celebrity. You're fine. <laughs> That's what I'm also wondering. So basically, then they reveal that the Waynes and the Arkhams, Gotham's founding families, um, the dad, the reason that the dad uh, got in with the mob is because they were going and a reporter was going to expose a mental health scandal involving Martha Wayne. It made the dad want to hide all of that for some reason that I guess, I don't know, it didn't, because, it didn't ring because these, as true to me. Like, okay, you, you can do that, but don't then say, I've done everything for this city. It's you have it. You you haven't done everything. Like there are He's other. He's a good things. guy who made a mistake. Yeah, there's, but there's other shit you could try. But also, just don't pretend that you're a hero. Guess what? This mistake spiraled and created mm-hmm. the worst thing possible. Like mm-hmm. it's it's and at no point does it dwell. Does the movie like contemplate like, hey, the the actual theme of what this movie should be is like you give these white guys or anyone really like unlimited mm-hmm. billionaire power. And that makes all of their decisions have like society reaching ramifications. Yes. And then it doesn't get to the question that should be asked next is maybe people shouldn't be able to exercise society sculpting power on a whim. Maybe individuals shouldn't be able to do that, which is what is presented in the Batman. This whole thing is because (laughs) a billionaire was going to be embarrassed. Exactly. And people are fucking dying over it. Exactly. And so then uh, we learn that the Riddler is Edward Nashton, forensic accountant. And um, he, you know, was a child in the orphanage that was part of the renewal. They show him as a poor kid staring at Bruce Wayne, a rich kid. Edward was also an orphan. And then he has the line, all they could talk about was poor Bruce Wayne, the orphan living in some tower over the park, isn't being an orphan, looking down on everyone with all that money. And then he talks about how being an orphan is 30 kids to a room, rats everywhere. And every winter, the babies die. Yeah. And then he says, let's talk about the billionaire with the lying dead daddy, because at least the money makes it go down easier, doesn't it? It's like so fucking it's like correct where you're like, yeah, that's a tweet that I would do. <laughs> Riddler's spitting. This is like the problem an RT, too. the Riddler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he, like Catwoman, thinks that Batman is on their side. So he says, fear and a little focused violence. That's what Batman has. And then the Riddler says, you inspired me. Mm -hmm. So that's two sides. Bruce Wayne, he doesn't even realize that he's Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne inspired him because he realized about uh, class and wealth inequality. And then Batman inspired him because what is Batman doing? Taking care of the criminal element in the city. Batman views the criminal element as the people on the street. The Riddler correctly views the criminal element as the cops and the politicians. So that is, is sort of another pervasive part of the Batman lore is that, quote, fear is the most important tool. The the thing that it misses that the Riddler gets correct is like fear is only a tool against like the cowardly rich. They are the ones for whom fear works. Folks who do street crime are doing it out of desperation, desperation or you know, this is the way that they need to survive. And however you want to describe them, like cowardly is not 
it is brave to try to assault Survive. people for money. And also, of course, it's not usually assault and blah, blah, blah. But risking your safety mm -hmm. to try to survive is brave. You know, you could mm -hmm. disagree with it and there, you know, it is darkens your soul and violence creates, you know, issues, of course. But like, it's certainly yeah. not fucking cowardly. And like, that's also why like every time Batman shows up, people don't fight him because they think he can win. They fight him because they know they have no other options. They see what's happening. But what the fuck else are they going to do? Whereas the rich have plenty of other things they could do. They could mm -hmm. stop doing their crimes and simply be regular rich instead of super, super rich. And they're yes. just so fearful. Oh, yes. So there's this thing where all the Riddler's in jail, but all these other Riddlers, his 500 followers, which is hilarious, show up and they say, we're going to give them real change now, which is violence. And they're going to mass shoot up the Bella Real's mayor, you know, inauguration, whatever. She tries to get on stage and do the right thing because she's a naive woman of color. Obviously, <laughs> she is shot because, again, you, uh, uh, you can't do the right thing if you're a woman of color because you are naive about how everything works and Batman somehow isn't. Yeah, political power, like using it. Like, what is she supposed to do? She uses her words and tries to make policy change, which is what fucking Batman should be doing. She asks him for money in the beginning, like, you don't do enough to help the city. Like, there's a lot there. I could do a whole episode unpacking <laughs> what this character means and why they chose her. But yeah, I mean, so basically then that doesn't work because women of color in this movie are naive. Then he saves the mayor's kid, which is like a rich kid that he sees himself in. And then everyone <laughs> sort of helps each other, led by the Batman question mark. And then there's this stuff that I wrote down that was like, he talks about how because the city was all messed up by the Riddler's plan, there was looting and lawlessness. The criminal element never sleeps. And I was sort of like, what? Yeah. We learned nothing? Like, we learned yeah. nothing. Like, we're back to, like, the people on the street are the problem. No, he learned and worse. I mean, it's essentially because the city's also flooded. So it is supposed to be fucking Katrina, I guess, in, like, a tasteless, some way. like, extremely tasteless, tasteless reference. He looked at right. that and thought, the problem is people looting as opposed to like, the system that allowed them to be fucking stranded in floodwaters for weeks i think they say like yeah weeks months and then he's like saying oh he's rescuing people they need hope whatever and i put medical bills question mark rebuilding question mark yeah like, what happens to the institutions? Are they just now all the cops and politicians are good? Yeah. And then it says like the Riddler's plan didn't work. And I wrote, seems like it did. <laughs> and then he meets up with Catwoman and she still doesn't understand that he's Bruce Wayne. And she's like, let's go knock off some CEO hedge fund types. It'll be fun. Like, leave with me. And he's like, the city can change. And then that's kind of what we're left with and so i just want to lightly go through some things that are are done in um the other batman films which is okay so in 1992 batman returns the premise is that there's a new power plant and there's another wealthy guy named max shrek basically he wants to give back to the city and then these rich people the cobblepots have like thrown away their disabled child who ends up being the penguin right he becomes someone who the city of gotham loves man who can literally talk to penguins 
instant celebrity. And it's also this weird thing where they want him to run for mayor and, you know, they kind of loosely touch on Batman being rich. They say you could have been bunkmates at prep school because the penguin is is wealthy, although, again, incredibly disabled and tossed out by his parents. You're overpaid is something that he, the penguin says to cops. Uh, they call him a trust fund goody-goody. Catwoman wants to kill these rich political guys. There's this whole Catwoman is naive thing where she wants to kill Max Shrek, who's a a wealthy guy. And Batman says, let's take him to jail. And uh, she says the law doesn't apply to people like him. So, okay, that's what we get when in 1992. That's uh, Michael Keaton. In 1995, we get Val Kilmer. And Two-Face has a line where he says, babies starve, politicians grow fat. And then he talks about, like, basically your ability to do well in this world is based on luck. And he's holding a cop hostage and he flips his coin to see if the cop's going to live or die. One of the things he does also is he rains cash down on Gotham. And again, I'm like, sounds good so far. Yeah. Then they mention that Bruce Wayne has a profit sharing program and that all of the people in the electronics division of the company are getting, you know, some money and stuff. And this is where he mentions that like suicide, you know, should have full full benefits and he's a children's hospital donor. Yeah. And he takes but- in orphan Dick Grayson and, and Dick Grayson is like gives some lip service to being like, oh, you think you're doing charity? You think you know anything about the people? You don't hang out in biker bars, blah, blah, blah. Because he says he has a lot of motorcycles. <laughs> biker bars specifically. Uh, uh, yeah, he says that. Oh my God. A lot of what um, a lot of what the Riddler and Two-Face are up to is stealing money, stealing diamonds. Yeah. But also and, it's like, and, Bruce Wayne, yeah. you're pretty clearly an extremely autocratic CEO. Cover this person's suicide benefits or benefits for a suicide like you also could just be like why weren't you doing that i'm changing the company policy he doesn't do that like he could. why yeah the whole so point then- is he lives in a fantasy land of endless resources <laughs> like batman if batman is as rich as he is in this fiction every time he beats someone up he should literally put a thousand dollars in their pocket like yeah like that would do just as well So then Edward Nigma, who's uh, Jim Carrey, just <laughs> acting, acting the shit out of this part. He has a gala at the Ritz Gotham because he's come up with some tech called Nigma tech that can manipulate brainwaves. <laughs> and then everyone is just like really mad about that. And then it's the third act suddenly murdering people. There's a really great song uh, used in this movie called Bad Days by the Flaming Lips. And the lyrics really stick out, which are you're sort of stuck where you are, but in your dreams, you can buy expensive cars or live on Mars and have it your way. You hate your boss at your job, but in your dreams, you can blow his head off. In your dreams, show no mercy, and your all your bad days will end. You have to sleep late when you can. So... The use of that song is interesting because it frames the violence again at the the wealthy people, at your boss, yeah. at the people that it it's supposed to be aimed at. Whereas we're supposed to be okay with Batman's violence, but not the other way around. As the Batman tries to get more grounded, the fundamental logical flaws start to become disgusting. Which is like the Batman and Pride Batman Begins is the culmination of that. Because I was even as you were thinking, I was like, you know, the actual best Batman song is Prince's Bat Dance. And because that understands what Batman is, it is just like a BDSM thing. He likes to get dressed up in leather, (laughs) go out on the streets and beat and be beaten. And Mm -hmm. like, if you just contain it within that without making it about society, 
and obviously, you know, significant questions of consent. But <laughs> like, if you just make it like a um like a freaky thing, Prince style, at least Batman makes <laughs> sense. You understand what's happening, and you know, again. He doesn't get permission, but other than that, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. Okay. Then again, I want to want to go into a theme, which 1997, Batman and Robin, George Clooney. The opening thing is that Mr. Freeze is taking over the Museum of Art. He's stealing jewels. He wants the Wayne diamonds. He needs billions to complete research to find a cure for his wife. Yeah. They again mention the Waynes are very big on philanthropy. The Waynes are very big on philanthropy. They use that word again. Uh, he gives a speech that makes me want to murder him where Bruce Wayne says, my father always said to pick a star and follow it, which is this individualist <laughs> sort of like you can raise your like, can you imagine yeah. a fucking billionaire today? saying something like that the internet would be like shut the fuck up <laughs> that's basically what elon musk does and he has his right. part of the internet loving it i will i will say i the, mean poison ivy works for him she's an environmentalist yeah she also at one point auctions herself off so again we've got a female main character doing sex work who's portrayed negatively there's also this running question of whether alfred actually wants to be working for miss for mr wayne <laughs> master wayne and there's Master Wayne. There's like this this running thing where they're not sure where you're kind of now all of a sudden for the first time we're addressing like does Alfred did Alfred give up his entire life to work for these people? Does Alfred want to be there? And there's this whole thing where they they go of course he does. He's family. But now yeah. they're sort of grappling with they try to grapple with in this movie is Alfred actually family or is he actually someone who is a servant? Yeah. And they come to the conclusion that he is family. Thank you very much. It really is like, it takes a special kind of tone deaf to have an entire like multi-billion dollar enterprise rest on one premise of my butler is family. <laughs> like, I mean, what are you fucking talking about? Once again, Batman is like staring down the, you know what could help is universal healthcare and investment in education and research. However... Mm -hmm. We However, <laughs> he just needs uh, Mr. Freeze in prison to give him the cure yeah. for McGregor's disease to save just Alfred. Art theft, the least harmful crime that exists. Unbelievable how many of these start with unsympathetic robberies. Yeah. Like so many of them. And then also in 2012, a Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, we get a lot of this stuff. We get Miranda Tate's character saying you have to invest if you want to bring change to the world. And uh, he calls, you know, Catwoman a crook and a social climber. She says, for those who have more than enough, you live so large and you leave so little for the rest of us. Wayne Enterprises, we find out, has defense subsidiaries. <laughs> And then one of the things that one of the big scenes that I, I want to talk about is Bane taking over the stock exchange. There's a line where it's a guy from the stock exchange talking to a cop and he says, it's not our money. It's everybody's money. Right. And then and then the cop says, really? Mine's in my mattress. Honestly, the fact that the biggest um, fictional fictionalized portrayal of Occupy Wall Street was like. A exactly. terrorist organization mm -hmm. combined with like the salt of the earth cop is clearly some like libertarian like cash hoarder mm -hmm. like Tucker Carlson watching mother or Glenn Beck watching motherfucker like yeah it's the Occupy Wall Street it's right at the time of this yeah. like there's at one point they kidnap a bunch of brokers and then uh the the Bain people and then take off with them and they're like oh my god the hostages and I was sort of like 
take them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even... What? I mean, <laughs> like, who cares? even just like down to really the powerful Democrats right now, it's like this like violence is not the answer thing mm-hmm. is asymmetrical because it's like the police state is also violence. Mm-hmm. You just like feel more comfortable with it. No, violence is the answer if it's the way that like rich people want it to be con- conducted. Like uh-huh. shutting down an orphanage is also violence. Creating the conditions where there are so many orphans is also violence it's just Correct. that like that's the violence you like rich yes. rich people a hundred percent taking all the money uh from bruce wayne that is not even comparable to yeah. the excess that these people like there's always a gala going on in gotham <laughs> and yet all these people are poor yeah everything that batman does would be accomplished better if he just took a couple million dollars and campaigned for raising the tax rate in gotham on billionaires mm-hmm. That would literally do everything he... he, It would fix literally everything that he tries to do with his fists and batarangs. But here's the way that the Batman, the 2022 Batman subverts that, right? Is it says, it takes the question of, if a billionaire just gave a bunch of money to fix the city, it would actually fix the city. And the generosity of this billionaire is actually what should fix the city. And then it takes that and it says, you're naive for thinking that that's something that should happen. Actually, all of that became corrupt. So don't you look stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's very right wing. It's very right wing. And and also they try to play it as like in The Dark Knight Rises, they try to play it as like he's broke now because Bane took his money. But then he has he says to Catwoman, I'm allowed to keep the house. And she says the rich don't even go broke like the rest of us. Yeah. So then also I want to say one other thing that happens is that um, because of all the lies surrounding Harvey Dent, which if you watch the movie, you can get into it. Bane has a part where he stands in front of Blackgate Prison and he says, this is a symbol of oppression. All these people were denied parole and he lets all the prisoners out, which again is like a right wing fear mongering talking point for abolishing prisons. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do when you get let all blah, these blah, people blah. out? Yeah. And it's like. I don't know. If you didn't want that to be the only solution, maybe don't create a racist society where you're unjustly jailing so many people. Like Exactly. And if you're like truly uh, believe in this idea that the state is like small government is the best way to do it. Like, why do you believe that the police are the one, the police and DAs are the one organization that is never corrupted when they are clearly the most corrupted by a lot? Yeah, this movie says that the corruption of the DAs is why we should let these people out of prison. And I'm like, yes, Bane. Exactly. It is this idea that like if you allow for any power to come to the underclass, quote unquote, look at how out of control it's going to be. Look at how like everything's going to fall apart. Um, And and they really believe that. Like that's the thing that like Bane letting people out is that would not happen that way. It would not be just like a releasing a pack of zombies onto the city. But but that's the assertion that these movies always make. It's like Batman calls people, you know, scum and animals and like the not criminal human. element. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Truly they're not human. They don't yeah. humanize them. And they're like to to the writers of Batman, not I guess probably not every writer of Batman. I'm sure there are people possibly that we all have worked with and love. You have to believe in the fundamental goodness of Batman to do this enterprise, which is like, okay. Or Or the assumption is that he's good because he's the main character. When honestly, like, 
and then you feel good writing it because you're like, well, I'm able to put what I really feel in the mouth of Catwoman, in the yeah. mouth of Penguin, in the mouth of the Riddler. You, you can know? have your cake and eat it too, for sure. I we wonder. Haven't even gotten to the Joker. Is Batman has to be based on like Zorro, right? He is. Okay, okay, but here's... he is based on Zorro. The thing with Zorro. Is Zorro actually had like colonial oppressors, I think, if I recall Zorro correctly, to fight. Here's so the thing with Zorro is like a nobleman rallying the community against a larger enemy is a thing. The problem is like he is in Batman, especially modern Batman, he is the larger community. So, So it's like, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I see how this works now. And then in 2017's Justice League, they don't touch on it really at all, other than that one line, what are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Yeah. And then I, there's a, a throwaway about how he saved the world, but there was millions in structural damage. They really have stopped. By that point, by by Justice League, they've stopped yeah. uh, well, caring because- about portraying any of this but then they go back to being very serious with the batman justice league is because justice league is like it's about gods like it's essentially like Mm -hmm. indistinguishable from like a like a greek tale like it because because that's the one where superman does 9-11 in a fist fight or is it the prior movie? Like he like it's a prior buildings, Superman, yeah, buildings yeah. come down. He is the perpetrator of that world's 9-11 because he was in a fight. But <laughs> and, and it's justified because it's like these are it's just so big. How could you like Because how, there's aliens. Yeah, how could you dare and, and it's sort of like within that ridiculous premise, I guess it's more or less correct. Like sure. Yeah. It sort of underlines you need to be that rich to be on par with, to be a peer to a literal god. And that's bad because as we see, the whole point of Roman mythology is the gods are fucking like vain bozos who do the dumbest- Who are ruining the lives yeah. of the people beneath them, the average person. Right? Like like that's the thing, like Zack Snyder, um, I, I have called him multiple times because I've heard he's like a nice guy and like, just is kind of like a libertarian bozo, but he is just like an accidental Leni Riefenstahl. He does not realize that he is making fascist propaganda every single time he turns on his camera. Like, I genuinely think he doesn't understand what he's doing. I hope he doesn't understand because the, you know, the other alternative is yeah. very dark. He's just pro-fascist. And one yeah. element of this fascism is that there are, there, you know, some people are gods and and their, their might makes them correct and necessarily benevolent against the like hordes of invaders that they're they're protecting us from us the good people yes and thus all of their methods are fine so it is just the thing of like my dude you created a world where everything is horrible because all these like violent people have immense power and Mm -hmm. your conclusion is like different awesome well no but also it's (laughs) like the conclusion is all these people is like yes I mm-hmm. that is correct. We should have fucking ten violent gods who control mm-hmm. us, and our only goal is to like do their bidding. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the be- that's the best. I also society. have a, a bone to pick with with Ben Affleck's Batman because Superman dies, and then uh, Martha Kent has to put the farm up for sale. Because she can't live there anymore and they can't afford it. And Batman's like racked with guilt about Superman's death. He can't, he has to bring him back from the dead. He's so racked with guilt about it. And he can't 
Pay for the farm. <laughs> just buy a farm. Listen, Ben Affleck Batman is a Batman who smokes parliaments. And, you know, how... <laughs> how... He's too dumb yeah. to think things through. It's fine. He's not a thinker like Pattinson's. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. What do you think you learned about society and Batman today? <laughs> we are pretty fucked. Like, like, the fact that this is, like, these points of view are so, like brazenly normalized again we are in the entertainment industry we are in some small part complicit in all of this everyone watches law and order and whatever Mm -hmm. like you know so as far as like copaganda goes i know it's like very boring to say but it is like this thing where a movie uh, even movie like the batman which i genuinely think tried to like yeah and, and it is like presents more points of view but it also just like so portrays reality in a way that isn't true while being realistic um so i think it's almost more damaging again if every quote honest cop in los angeles were gathered in that alley it would be literally zero people so (laughs) i don't know where i don't know where fucking gotham got this like you know hundreds of of cops above everything else that happens in this movie the thing that is like not in the real world at all I will say also that at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, he does, Batman does go off with Catwoman as Bruce Wayne goes off with Catwoman and they live a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, according to Alfred, I just think that this idea that everyone else other than Batman, especially women, especially women of color, are incredibly naive yeah, and just need to realize that the world, you know, doesn't work that way is so frustrating. Yeah. I had not considered previously what you were saying where a lot of these are fairy tales born out of right wing fear. Yeah. They're fairy tales. They're pulled directly from what the talking points where they say, if we let people out of prison, this is what will happen. If we give money, you know, to the city directly, this is what will happen. If we allow for, you know, this sort of stuff to be uncovered um, and people actually have to pay for their crimes, this is what will happen. It'll get to the point of making them walk on the ice to their death. Yeah, exactly. You're right in that it jumps to these right wing fairy tales in a way that I think with Batman is unavoidable and superhero movies in general I think have a really hard time right now creating villains that a lot of us wouldn't go yeah (laughs) yeah well I mean that guy's right well look because if you were going to write an actual good Batman movie it would be a Batman that starts his character arc has to be starts what you just described starts at the conclusion of most Batman movies and in working with Catwoman realizes he has been wrong his entire life exactly and then it's like a movie about like rooting out police corruption until there's literally no cops (laughs) maybe it exists in comics I'm not really a comic reader someone hire us to write it (laughs) can you imagine the deadline article they hire Asian guy and trans person to write Batman movie (laughs) it would never happen Uh, Um, well thank you so much for joining me here where can people find you and more about you oh I'm at Andrew T T I uh, on social media and my podcast is called Yo Is This Racist Um, we're doing shows Austin on the 20th and Brooklyn on the 10th of September so yeah come see I, I eat a gross local food or I eat a local food in a gross way on stage every time now oh my god i'm sold i didn't even know that was part of it and thank you for being a a reoccurring guest friend of the pod oh my gosh (laughs) thanks for thanks for having me it's always always a delight 
If you have thoughts on this, please write in to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. If you have suggestions of things for us to break down and take down, coming up soon is an episode where we break down the portrayals of Shopaholics and what was going on at the time it was released via the movie Confessions of a Shopaholic starring Isla Fisher. I'm really excited about that one. We talk about consumerism in the wake of the recession and how that's portrayed. Um, We're also going to be breaking down Hit 'em Up Style, which is Blue Cantrell's uh, financial revenge divorce tale uh, via song. I'm really excited about that. We also have Rich Dad, Poor Dad with TikTok's own Steen. And that book has also made me irate. You can also call in 844-474-4040. You can leave a voice memo in the email, gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Patreon, all of it down below. It will be linked And if you like the show, please listen day of so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also, leave a five-star Apple review. Oh, you think darkness is your ally. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Bye. Done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.